We're all doing well today. We're learning Maseches Gittin Daf Mem Ches, and we are learning a Machlokes that we just started last night between Rav Yochanan and Rish Lakish. And you can just take a peek um, at the very top of this page on Mamchesim and Aleph, that Bizman Shehayovel Noheg, this is not where we're starting from, but it's a good starting point for us as it relates to Chazara, because otherwise we'll be clueless tonight. We have a Machlokes, Bizman Shehayovel Noheg, that Rav Yochanan says, you're mevi ukore, even though the land will not be permanently yours, because in Yovel the land's going to go back, we still say kore, even though the Pasuk says that it's Sade Asher Nosato Li, and it's really not your Sade, it's Bayovel, it's going to go back. Afalp and Rav Yochanan says, maybe Vikore, you still read the Pesukim. And Reish Lakish says, maybe Ve'eno Kore, because it's not really your field. So we're starting um, about tw- 10 lines down or so, right after the word Sricha Toshma, and we see a Brisa that tries to lean in one direction. Hakone Ilan Vikarko'o, a man who purchases an Elon and its karka, Mevi Vikore. So this is a raya for Rav Yochanan. Look at the top line of Yochanan, Mevi Vikore. Afal that you're not going to end up owning this land in the future because by Yovel, the land's going to go back to the original owner. So because that's the case, maybe we have a raya for Rav Yochanan. Hocha bizman she'ena Yovel noi. Ah, a little bit of a sneak out. Uh, really, we're talking about a time when Yovel isn't Noheg. So therefore, the fact that we say maybe Vikore is not a raya because Bizman She'en Yovel, when we're not being Noheg Yovel, the property isn't, let's say a day like today, the property isn't going to go back to the original owner. Stam, it's a Chakira why we don't keep Yovel today. I mean, other than the fact that we don't know where it, when it is. But why won't we say that every eighth year is a Suffolk do Raisa? Okay, this is its own conversation, not for now. Let's try another Brisa, just um, uh, a little bit further down. Tashma, if I buy two trees in your field, uh, so then maybe the Eino Kore, this Mishnah speaks without any Machlokes. There's no maybe the Kore. And Hashlosha, but if there are three, then maybe Vikore, and again, seemingly a support for Rav Yochanan, because we see that when you have three trees, it's maybe Vikore. So it says the Gemara, no, again, same answer, Hachanami, Bizman She'en Ha'yovel Nook, so there's no Raya from here, and again, still no good answers in regards to Rav Yochanan and Reish Lakish as to who we hold like. And the Gemara says a third of the way down, V'hashta Amar of Chizda, Machlokes Yovel Sheni, we don't even know what this means yet, what's Yovel Sheni? No idea. So we'll learn about it in a minute. But just saying the Gemara presents something as though we're smart, as though we're knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. But Hashda, now that we know that the, the Rav Chizda qualified the Machlokas of Rav Yochanan and Reish Lakish is only talking about B'yovel Sheni, Aval B'yovel Rishon Divrei Hakol Mevi Everyone agrees that in regards to the Yovel Rishon, for sure you're going to read also, even though it's Asadashon Asatali. So there, Dakati lo Samachalai, because we we didn't yet have what to rely upon. I'm going to explain this in a moment. So therefore, Lokasha, these cases, these two cases, the Tashmas that we started with tonight, are really not problematic. Habiyovel Rishon, Habiyovel Sheni, what is going on with this Gemara? So the Gemara, the Rishonim explained over here that what's going on is like this. The first time the Jewish people had to keep Yovel, there was this din, the first time Chiddush Dikadin that the Jews heard for the first time, that by year 50, you're going to lose all of your property. And they weren't sure what actually was going to happen if they were going to lose their property, if they were going to not lose their property. So there, that's what the Gemara means when it says, Lo that they weren't sure that it was actually going to take place. And therefore, by Yovel Rishon, what was their mindset when they were unsure if Yovel would actually take place and they'd actually get their land back when they made a sale? It was a real sale. So by Yovel Rishon, by the first Yovel, the first 50 years after, again, exactly when it was, it's its own discussion, but let's say year 50 after the Jews moved into Eretz Yisrael with Yoshua, 
So year 50, they were not sure. And therefore, in the first 49 years that they made sales, they, they their whole brain was that it's a total sale. So then maybe the Kore, the subsequent Yovel, which everyone, oh, because in year 50, we know that the sale is real. And now everything's coming back to ownership in year 50. So therefore, in the subsequent year, that's where the Machlokes is. And that's what the Gemara says is a good answer to solve for these two small prices where one of them is probably talking about Yovel Rishon and therefore maybe Vikori, because by Yovel Rishon, people weren't sure that Yovel was actually going to return the land and therefore their intent in sale was permanent and therefore maybe Vikori. Why didn't they come up with something like the clothes bowl for the land? Or was that much later? Much, much later. Yovel is a din in Chumash. This is by the times of Yoshua. Prozbol didn't happen until Hillel. No, but the din of, of no interest and in not making the loan was also at this time. It's just also about a dollar. This exists. There's a reason to do it. I don't understand. I'm not, I'm not even understanding the question. I, 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 what, can you say it again? The question is just like a football is so that the person doesn't limit themselves from right. loaning. Yeah. Right? So then there, maybe they could come up with some sort of mechanism that the land doesn't go back. A loophole against the well, dough rice and just like Prusa. That's what I would have. Yeah. No. Well, on auction, so because this way people aren't buying land because they think they're not going to get the backer. But the problem, but there's no, right, there's nothing, there's no, right. David, David, David's point is, is spot on, which is that there's nothing negative about not transacting in this way. There's a huge negative in the realm of Prusa to not loan money to people. Huge negative. That's uh, that's how cholesterol functions. I mean, we need money sometimes from people. Well, that's so the we thing. take person on a piece of land. And he's not making money. He can sell that. Okay. You're now you're two steps removed. Not just that there's not a sale, but therefore he can't profit from it. So I've never heard I've never heard the question, and I'm I think David's answer certainly is in the realm of possibility, a strong realm of possibility. Don't know, don't know, I'm not sure. Then the Gemara says that perhaps this machlokas of Reish Lakish and Rav Yochanan Leima Kitanoi, and you have to put on your thinking caps for this suga as uh, Tzvi, who was just here, just foreshadowed for us, and that is as follows. We have this concept called stay achuza and a concept called stay mikna. <laughs> so stay achuza is a case scenario where uh, we'll see two different iterations of this, where um, somebody gets a field from their father. If they are makna that field, if they're makdish that field, so then when Yovel hits, they don't get their field back. So let's say I uh, I get a property from, uh, from my parents and... Um, then uh, Amakdish, the field, and then Yovel kicks in. So Bezdin took my field and sold it for cash. So when there's Yovel, where does the property fall? Does it fall back to me? Or does it fall back to Bezdin? Now, Locha is it by Steachuza, it falls back to Bezdin. But by a Mikne, which was a regular sale, then it goes back to the initial Ruvain, whoever that may be. That said, let's look at how it's possible that there's a machlokes tanoim in regards to Rav Yochanan and Reish Lakish that there are that there is precedent for each of their sources. Let's say that a man buys a field from his father, and then the father passes away. So he was makdish the field, and then the father passed away. How do we know that the dinah is that it has the aloha v'steachuza, that during Yovel, the property does not go back to the sun, but rather the property goes back to Bezdin? Where do we know this from? Talmud Lomar, because the Pasuk says, 
And what's the drush on the Pasuk? The only time we have a din that it goes back to the initial owner is when it's not ra'oi to be a ste'achuza, when it's not uh, something that was a, a given to a child. And yatis sazu, but in our case, because our case is a ste'achuza, shiru'i li'o ste'achuza, therefore the money doesn't go back to the initial son, but rather it goes back only as far as Bezdin. That's what happens during Yovel. Rav Meir says that's not shot in the Pasuk. Rav Meir Omer, minayin li lokeach sadeh me'aviv, a very subtle but important difference between the two cases. In case number one, the Rabbi Hud of Reb Shimon, the flow of events was that he bought it from the father. He was makdish to the Beis HaMikdash, and then his father died. Here it's different. Here his father died, and then he was makdish to the Beis HaMikdash. So Rav Meir says, how do we know that in such a case that this is a steyachuza, where the hektish was done after the death of the father, Talmud Lomar, the same pasuk, the only time this is true is when it's a field that's not steyachuza. This is actually a steyachuza. So there's a machlokas between Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Shimon on the one side, and Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi mayor on the other side, as to how we define this case. Do we say, like the initial Tanakama said, like Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Shimon, that the case that we're talking about is a case where the son bought a property from the father, and then he was mocked to shit, and then the father died, or no, where he bought it from the father, the father died, and then he was mocked. This is the machlokas between Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Shimon on the one side, and Rabbi Meir on the other. And says the Gemara, in this particular case of that's Pasha that that's a case of Steachuza. So then the Gemara says, My love, isn't this in fact the same exact machlokas of Rav Yochanan and Resh Lakish? How so, might you ask? The Gemara articulates two thirds of the way down. The Rav Meir Savar, Rav Meir is of the opinion that Kenyan peros ke Kenyan haguftami, that when one has access to peros, they also it's as if they have ownership of the land itself, of the orchard itself. With the death of the father, he doesn't really inherit anything. He has access to the peros, but he doesn't actually own the land. And therefore, in regards to a case where if the father dies and afterwards the hectic happened, we need a pasuk to teach us that that's a case of steachuza. And they hold differently that really... Uh, Kenyan Aperos is not like Kenyan Aguf. And because of the fact that he now actually does inherit the property, therefore, in his case, where the father dies first and there's hectic, there we don't need a pasuk. Where do we need a pasuk? We only need it in a case of where the hectic happened first. So this is the Machlokes of Mayor on the one side, Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Shimon on the other, and it aligns with the Machlokas, seemingly, of Rabbi Shimon, of, uh, Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan. Says the Gemara, I disagree entirely. Three-fourths of the way down, about 15 lines from the bottom of the page, Omar Rabbi Nachman bar Yitzvah. No. 
Really, they hold that when you have access to Peros, it's as if you own the whole orchard. Over here, in this case, they actually have a different reason as to why they hold the way that they do, because the Pasuk that we were discussing has an extra word. What was the extra word? So it says the Gemara, what the Torah could have written, but didn't write. What the Torah could have written was, Im es sedemiknaso asher lo achuzaso. But instead we have a, another word before achuzaso. Maimi sede achuzaso. So there, and, and on this we had the drash of sadesh en ruileo sade achuza, yasas azusha ruileo sade achuza. So maybe perhaps you can't say that the reason why Rabbi Hud and Rabbi Shimon disagree with Rabbi Meir is because each Tana holds differently in regards to Kenyan Peros, Kenyan Aguftami. Perhaps it's only because there's an extra word, and therefore we reject the comparison. We tried to say, let's just summarize so far, we tried to say that perhaps the Machlokas Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, about whether or not we say Kenyan Aperos is Kenyan Aguftami, we tried to say that maybe it's rooted in the Machlokas and Tanaim Tim Rabbi Huda and Shimon on the one side and Rabbi Meir on the other. We say now that that is in fact not the case. Let's move on. The Gemara says seven lines from the bottom, give or take. Exactly. Amar of Yosef. He loved Amar of Yochanan, if not for the fact that in one place, Rav Yochanan held Kenyan Peros, Kenyan Aguftami, that when you have access to Peros, it's as if you own the entire orchard. He wouldn't have his hands and feet in the base medrash, which basically means that he we wouldn't have understood another sheet of his that he taught. What is that? To Amar of Asi, Amar of Yochanan, Ha'achin shechelko lekuchos, shechelko lekuchos hein umachzirin zelazebiyovel. You have two brothers who, when they get their Yerusha, it's as if they're buyers, and they have to return each half of their Yerusha every yovel. And if in fact we would have held, if Rav Yochanan would have held that Kenyan Aperos is lav ki Kenyan Aguftami, then lo mishkachas de maisi bikurim ela bechad barchad ad Yoshua benun. Then the only time we would have had bikurim with Kriya, which is actually lacking from the Gemara, but it's added here by the Rishonim, that would have only been true by descendants of Yoshua bin Nun, who only have one child. That's the only time we ever, ever would have had such a case where you were Kore, and that's definitely not the case. And therefore, it is Nacharaya that Rav Yochanan is of the opinion that Kinyan Peros is Kinyan Guftami, that if you have access to the Peros, it's as though you own the field itself. And the Gemara now pivots to the sheet of Resh Lakish. Resh Lakish says, Kenyan Aperos is lav ki Kenyan Aguftami. That when you have access to the Peros, it is not as if you own the orchard. And says the Gemara, Amar Rava, Kra Umas Nisa, Messiah, Le the Resh Lakish. Resh Lakish has a source in the Psukim, and Resh Lakish has a source in the Brysas. Kra. What is the Pasuk that supports it, this sheet? Um, because what does the Pasuk say? This Pasuk is from Sefer Vayikra, B'mispar Shnei Tavuos Yim Korlach, with the B'mispar, with the amount of the years of Tavuos, of grain. That is when the Mechira takes place. What is this talking about? So take a look at Rashi, the top Rashi on the page, Dibur HaMaschil, B'mispar Shnei Tavuos, U'vishas HaYovel Mishtai, we're dealing with a time, the Pasuk's dealing with a time of Yovel, Yovel, K'dichsi, B'mispar Shani Machar HaYovel, Alma. 
We only view the land as it relates to the peros, but not as though you actually own the land. And that's a raya brura to Reish Lakish, who holds that Kenyan peros is lav kikenyan aguftami. And then the Gemara says on the top line of Memchesimit base, and we'll be going to the top of Memchesimit Aleph tonight, Masnisa, what's the raya to Reish Lakish from a source in the Tanaim? Titania, Bechor notel pishnaim besade hachozeres la'aviv beyovel, that a son, an oldest child, gets pishnaim in a field, which is chozeres la'aviv beyovel. So says the Gemara over here, clearly he doesn't own the field right now, yet we see that he still gets pishnaim. We therefore see that whether or not you own the field right now is not relevant, and that is nocharaya for Rish Lakish, that he holds Kenyan Paris is Lavke, 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 what is it? Kenyan Paris is Lavke, Kenyan Agufdam. And Amar Abaye, we have yet another source. This is, again, separate because Rava on the bottom of the page says, I have two sources for you. He says, Kra, Umas Nisa. And then Abaye chimes in and says, Naktina, and we actually have a tradition that Baal, Benichse Ishto, Tzarech Harsha, that a husband when dealing with the properties of his wife, he needs to get permission from his wife. This is in regards to Nechse Malug, in regards to the properties that she brings into the marriage. Below Amran, when is this true? Ela delo nechise apire. This is only true when we're not dealing with the fruits. Because remember, the husband has access to fruits in regards to Nechse Malug. If the wife brings in an orchard, he has full access to all the oranges. No problem. Aval nachis apire, but if what he is dealing with, if the sugya he's dealing with is a sugya about peros, then he doesn't need to gain to get get a harsha from his wife because apire, agufa. Because he has access to the fruits, he therefore doesn't need permission to have access to the actual. Uh, he doesn't need to get permission to have access to the actual orchard itself. This Gemara requires a lot of time. I just want to be clear. I know it's quick. I know it's complicated. Um, and the comparisons between our case and the case of Steachuz and Ste Mikna is difficult. But that, that does bring us to the end of the parak. Hadran Allah, Asholeach, Yihirasum. We should come back to this daf in seven and a half years. Let's start the next parak, Parak Hanizuk. And this is really a primer for the future when we start learning Seder Nazikin. And the Gemara says as follows. Anizak and those who get damaged, shaman lohen beidis. We measure what we pay back from idis. Idis is a language that the Gemara uses for the finest of your properties. They get an A, a B, and a C score. The C, uh, the A score is idis, the best of the land. Ubalcho bebeninis. When you're paying back a person to whom you owe money, their payments can come from properties that are B levels, beninis. And when it comes to a woman, she can collect her money when there's a, because the ksuba has a lien to property. She can do so from ziboris, which is the lowest quality. Now remember that we're not talking about dollar value. The dollar value is still going to be equivalent. She's collecting Messiah Zeus, but is she collecting Messiah Zeus from the A level, from the B level, or the C level? So A level for Nizakin, for those who have damages, B level for those who are Baalecho, and C level for Ksubas Isha. But Rav Meir argues on the third, Rav Meir Omer, Av Ksubas Isha Bebeninis, that a woman who is due to get her Ksuba, she is allowed to collect her 200 zuz, whatever amount is in her Ksuba, from properties that are B level, which are Beninis. That's din number one of our Mishnah. Din number two, Ein Ephraim Minachasim Yishubadim, Let's 
let's say that uh, you owe me something and you have properties. So it's not fair that you should give me a property that has a lien on it with somebody else when you have properties that are and that have no liens on them at all. It doesn't even make any sense. You say to me, Phil, I want to pay you back. This property, by the way, this property has a lien on it. And be like, no, thank you. I want your property that has no liens on it at all. And that means even if that field is zibaris, even if that field that field is a C quality, it doesn't matter. We still, and who, I would rather take that quality, because remember, the dollar amount is the same. I'd rather take the zibaris and trade it out if I want to. But Lamaisa, when it comes to paying people back, there is a preference for paying back properties that don't have a lien instead of properties that do. And again, in regards to they only collect from the Ziboris. Then the Gemara has a laundry list of things. We don't take money in regards to eating fruit for the increase in value of property um, or food that a husband has to provide to his wife and sons. You're not allowed to do that from properties that have a lien because that is not the right way to do things. We will discuss this phrase a little bit later. And last and certainly not least, Wow, that's out of left field. Okay. The Mishnah says that if you find a Mitziah, you should not make a Shavua. And then the Mishnah says, And Rashi here, the last Rashi on the Mishnah, which is two-thirds of the way down, says, that this line of Mibnei Tikkun Olam is not limited to the previous words of Vihamotzi Mitziah Lo Yishava, but rather, as Rashi says, Akul Hukoi applies to the entire Mishnah. So says the Gemara, I don't understand. Even the first thing you said doesn't make any sense. You said, Hanizakin Shamin Lohan Be'idis. That first din was that when a person has been damaged, that they have to be paid back through Edis, through the A+, plus, only through the best of properties. And what did the conclusion of our Mishnah say? That it's because of Tikkun Olam. The Gemara calls garbage on that. That's not correct. Why? What does the Gemara say? Tikkun Olam. You think that the reason you have to pay back someone who has been damaged with an, with the A quality is because of uh, Tikkun Olam? Absolutely not. Del Raisahi. That's a din Del Raisa. The fact that you get paid back with Idis is not a, not the Chachamim. It's a din the The best of your field and the best of the vines, that's how you should pay. That's, that's not correct. The fact that you pay Idis is a din Halfway down on You're absolutely right. That according to the Tanaim in general, you're correct that our Mishnah is a Dindil Raisa. The fact that we pay Idis in regards to those who are collecting from damages, that's a Dindil Raisa. But This is a big idea that we're going to find in Seder uh, Nazikin. And that is that when we say that someone who's been damaged gets paid back by Idis, Whose idis are we talking about? The nizak, the one who was damaged, or the mazik, the one who caused the damage? So Rabbi Shmuel says that midi oraisa, we really measure bid the nizak shaimina, and we really measure measure based on the nizak. But mibnei tikkun olam, we're going to be machmir and say that if the if the mazik has better properties than the nizak, then mibnei tikkun olam, because we don't want people to be in the habit of hurting people. We always want them to have a higher punishment. So even though Ladina, really it should just be based on the properties of the one who was damaged. And if his best property 
was a low quality property. Okay. But we're going to kick up a notch and say that it's Bidamazik Shaimina, that really we're going to look at the properties of the person who caused the damage. And we're going to say, no, if your properties are a higher quality than the Nizag, you need to pay from the Edis, even though Midorai said that's not true. Says the Gemara, my Rebbe Shmuel. How do we understand the sheet of Rebbe Shmuel? The Brisa says, the Tanya, the Gemara explains, we said, Metav Sadehu, Metav Karmo Yeshalim, which above we used as our question to say, how can you say that our Mishnah is Midrabonon when it seems to be that Metav Sadehu, Metav Karmo Yeshalim, that you need to have the best standard of your Sada and your Karen. So Rebbe Shmuel understands this Pasuk differently than we initially understood it. Says the Gemara, <clears throat> that the way we understand this pasuk that you have to pay back the highest standard is when we're looking at when we're looking at that of the, the properties of the one who got damaged Rabbi Akiva Omer that's not correct you misunderstood we're always talking about the mazik and it needs to be that way and the Gemara says which we are not going to focus on today we will learn in the coming days what this line means but not now so then the Gemara poses a question against Rabbi Shmuel the Gemara says seven or so lines from the bottom on Rabbi Shmuel I don't understand your shita what is Rabbi Shmuel's shita? Rabbi Shmuel says that really that if a person gets injured, that when we say that the nizak should collect based on idis, on the A-plus properties, that whatever his A-plus is, that's what the mazik has to pay, even if it's the mazik's ziboris. So says the Gemara, I don't understand Rabbi Shmuel. Well, Rabbi Shmuel, I understand that that if I ate from a fatty land, meaning from a wonderful land, uh, that I understand. But if the damage that I caused in your property, you're the Nizak, if the damage that I caused was on a Khusha, on a low quality land, I'm going to pay you back with a property that's even better than what I stole from you. That doesn't make any sense. So says the Gemara, where, where I, the Mazik, consumed one row among many rows of your food in your field, but so I'm the Mazik and you're the Nizak. I go into your field, you have five rows of vegetables, and I walk through and I literally harvest everything in one row and I eat everything. But I don't know the status of that field, of that row. Was that row? Idis, Benonis, or Zibris, I don't know. So according to the Sheet of Rabbi Shmuel, even though we don't know, we pay with the highest standards of the Mazik. So says the Gemara, I don't understand. And the Gemara asks a beautiful question. Again, one that we're going to see many times in Shas. We've already seen it a few times. This makes no sense. Rabbi Shmuel, I don't understand. You're saying that if I, as the mazik, don't even know what I consumed, maybe it was khusha, maybe it was shmena, the punishment is that the, the mazik has to pay to the higher end. Now that I don't know what I actually consumed, you're going to hold me to my own property's highest standard? Who says, after all, hamotzi mechavero olavaraya. If you don't know what I ate, you can't bill me for the highest possible category. Perhaps I ate a khusha. I ate a field that really wasn't growing very well. And you're going to charge me for idis for the shmena? 
You can't bill me for that, Rabbi Shmuel. How can you say in the Mishnah that Mipnei Tikkun Ha'olam, that because you want to tell a mazik, uh, you should be careful and not injure people and not take their properties, we're going to slap you on the wrist with the highest fee. That's not allowed. We have a halachic principle that doesn't allow for that. So it could be that I ate Shemena, it could be that I ate Chusha. You cannot tell me that I have to pay Shemena. Last line of Memchesim and Beis, and we actually will be stopping right in the middle of a sugya. Really, what's going on here? Kigon Really, the din is that we follow the Nizak. And the Edis of the Nizak, the best field that the Nizak had was my Mazik. Rabbi Shmuel Savar bid the Nizak Shaiminan, and therefore we give an Edis property. And Rabbi Lazar Savar bid the Mazik Shaiminan, and therefore we give a Ziboris property. We don't fully understand this yet. We'll understand it more tomorrow, but we're going to stop right here and pick up tomorrow on the fourth line of Memtesim and Aleph. Wishing you all a beautiful night. If anybody's interested, I have.